Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the, I forgot it, comprehensive <laughs> Kyle Kaczynski of Endless Events. Oh boom, gosh. boom, boom. And then we got the ad hoc Will Curran from Endless Events. Oh, my gosh. And over there, the man starting us off on the episode is the abounding Brand Kruger Event Technology Consulting. By the way, I will say, Kyle, you are very comprehensive. You are the one of the most comprehensive people I've ever met, mm, for sure. Yeah. Always good. <laughs> well, that, that works Learn out. Learn and well. grow. <laughs> Heck yeah, I love it. <laughs> so it is always amazing to me how quickly I can click away from a tab and completely forget what was on it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to start the show. And it's Kyle's. <laughs> you ever open so up an app on your phone and then you like go, like, and why was I here again? <laughs> oh, all the time. Like, I'm going to look something up. <laughs> on you know, I like there's something very important I have to look up on Google right now, and I'll open my phone, and 20 minutes later, I've completely forgotten what it was that I was going to look up because you get sucked into notifications. I spent the start of my year just cleaning so, out apps. You know, I probably got 20 or so off my phone. I felt good. Oh, Always a good thing jealous. to do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of the once a year install from scratch. Mm. Like mm. on all my machines, basically. Yeah, like I, I, I completely flush and reinstall from scratch at least once a year on everything. That's, I'd probably <laughs> start doing that. <laughs> it, it helped when I switched from Android to iPhone because it basically like required me to kind of go from scratch. So exactly, exactly. Well, and it comes from the days when I was rooting and roming in in Android, uh, where you know you'd flash your own ROMs uh, to uh, to get a different Android based version than the hardware that it came with, and so I just would. You know, basically, be flushing my phone every night, you know, <laughs> practically every week uh, before I do that. But jargon jail, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> ro ro rooting and roaming. <laughs> Nothing related. No, you don't even know what you know what that means, to be honest. So we'll just no. can move on from that one. No, branches yeah, my really full don't. nerd. <laughs> basically, basically, with Android phones, you can replace the operating system should you so desire. There and, you go. And Jailbreak. I did a lot when I was. Just... Yep, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. It's a little harder with iPhones. But I got, you know, that's not what we're here to talk about today. But can you tell that we haven't talked to each other for a little bit because it's exciting and we just geek out, which is part of the fun of doing the show. Um, so uh, we wanted to kick off the new year. Congratulations, everybody. We made it to 2022. Let's hope it's a better one. Or as I like to call it, 2022 Electric Boogaloo. Um, or, or as someone else responded to me on Twitter, 2022 The Legend of Curly's Gold. Uh, is, is that that is, is. Um, so we wanted to kick off the year with a predictions episode, uh, which is some of the fun things. We used to do this a lot with event icons, and uh, I always enjoy them. Um, and so hold us, hold us to this, because if we're going to make this a tradition, when we do this again next year, I want to look back and see what we predicted and how we did. Um, so that's going to be part of it. So we're not just going to throw these things out into the ether and then uh, pretend that it never happened. Um, we're going to we're going to go back and, and see how we did at the end of next year. Um, I think something that's interesting, Kyle and I were talking about this before we started uh, is, Will you you know that like in the past I've done like a, here's the 10 things you don't need to pay attention because I, just, I hate these end of the year lists yeah. where, where it's everybody and their dog has a 
predictions list for for the next year. And it, it used to start in like the end of October, <laughs> you know, early <laughs> early November. People would be like, "Here's the 15 things you need to know for the next year." That's true. Um, and to the point where I would like compile them. And I remember, I don't remember if you remember, I used to do the like, you know, the the top 10 things according to oh, everybody yeah, list. Yeah, the word the word cloud. I was going to do that again this year, and this year there's like none. It's it's like you know I got, you know there was like maybe five over the course of the last couple of weeks even it definitely yeah, yeah. didn't start in October or November. Well, we haven't and published I think, ours. I don't know when when exactly it's it's coming soon. It's still being written, but, see, but it's coming. It's coming. I mean, but yeah, see, yeah, I, it's true. Normally, it's true. you guys would have that out by like you know August. Yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> well, I guess we didn't expect a pandemic to like yeah yeah another variant. <laughs> totally well, and I think that's too. exactly it. I think I think you know. I'm going to, you know, kind of start things off. And, and this is on a lot of people's lists that I did see is like the number one trend continues to be uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's holding people back from being like, this is what life is going to be like in 2022. Because looking back at, you know, the end of, of, of 2020, looking forward to 2021, we were so hopeful and like we're going to be day hey, we've got vaccines woo we're going to be like we'll be out of this you know in no time and here sure. we are a year later and so i think if we're learning anything it's and i i remember saying this a long time ago is every time we put a timeline on this thing it's like <laughs> you're funny um <laughs> and uh and it moves forward so so i'm going to throw that out it's it's kind of a bummer to start with but you know i think we have to be honest about it is the first thing uh, first trend of, of, of 2022 is continues to be uncertainty. Kyle, what are you seeing? Like, what do you think? Well, how do you think that relates to event well, tech? Expect the unexpected is what I got from that. But what I'm kind of seeing is that both the pandemic and the environment need you to continue your virtual format. But the in-person, maybe you scale it back from not as big anymore. And we've been talking about that even last year. But with bringing the event more to your attendees for those that are unable to travel or unwilling to travel, I think that's going to really just bring people more together without having to bring so much risk. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think think the virtual first, like, mantra is going to still continue. I mean, like... It's really interesting to see these last couple of months how many people like, oh my gosh, we like need to cancel or you know go virtual or postpone again. It feels like 2020 all over again. But I'm like, if they had, they are all events that that weren't virtual first. They were virtual secondary or whatnot too. So I think what I'm seeing too is just like, hey, if you had continued doing this, you probably wouldn't be in panic about it. You would have just said, hey, let's divert resources back to the virtual um, when it comes to it. So I, I would definitely say that. You know, that virtual first tie with the uncertainties is smart. And you know what's really interesting too is like I would have – if you asked me also if I wrote my trends guide or did an event tech trends guide in like November, I would not have guessed that CES would not have happened this year. And then just like just feeling it and like watching it all unfold this year, you know, how many virtual um, you know interviews are starting to happen and everything like that, it's – you know. I think, yeah, we have to be prepared for it and be nimble and be able to flex and change and everything like that. Um, Because, yeah, I I definitely was one of those people who, you know, come, uh, you know, probably I'm trying to think of when I got my my first dose of my vaccine um, above 2021. Like basically I was like, grammar, I'm like, yep. And here we go. Back to normal. We're going to be by the end of the year. We'll be good to go. (laughs) Naive will. Well, it's, you know, it's. It's, you know, to, to your point, it's, it's, it's one of those things. That I, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot from last year, unfortunately, and, and I probably will if you go back and listen to those. But, you know, the thing that I was saying last year 
is is we need to stop sitting on our hands and and just make a decision. So if you choose to go forward with a fully in-person event, you need to be understanding the possibility that you're going to have to can you might have to cancel it. Um even you know even if it's 6 months out from now. Um you know because obviously we thought that a year ago that it was going to be, you know, oh we'll be done. Yeah. So so if you're moving forward with an in-person event, you need to put in to your timelines of like we need to decide by this date. Uh, uh, if we're going to change it, push it back, fall back. So your options really are fully in person, but be prepared to cancel or or push it out. Um, hybrid event of some kind, uh, so that you've got an in person component, and if you need to, you rock back to you know to a fully digital event if you have to cancel the in person. Or digital first, go you know go fully digital all the way. Those are really your only three options. Now there's sub, you know, subsets and as as we have often talked about it's a spectrum of different types of events. But the more we sit on our hands and go, "Ah, boy, what's it going to be in 6 months from now? What's it going to be a year from now?" rather than planning, um is time that's taken away from our event. It's time that's and so, you know, with that uncertainty, you just need to kind of move forward and say this is how we're going to do it. And rather than wondering, you know, because the further you push it out, the further you push it out, um, you know, with CES and things like that, it really feels like, and, and the Olympics last year, it felt like they're just like kind of stuck their fingers in their ears and went, la, 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 and, and we hope it'll all be better. And, uh, and it wasn't. And I think the scary part for planners right now is for people with who already have gotten their three shots, they're still getting infected. And that's the scary part. And in two years through this pandemic now, there's no still real definition to what is a super spreader event. Is that a certain percentage of who is getting infected at your event? Is that spreading from beyond those who attend your event to their actual communities where they live from? It's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a good point. I, I didn't really ever think about that, too, in terms of like, yeah, like you can be literally both doses and boosted and people are now infected. And that's that's the unprecedented part about this pandemic part. It's like wait, first it was, oh, hey, you get sick. Like we don't have a vaccine. Stay calm, like stay away. Then it was, oh, hey, we have vaccines. We're all good to go come back. And then, you know, oh, hey, everyone's getting sick, but, you know, it's they're not getting vaccinated. So we'll just make everyone be vaccinated. Now it's like well, what do I do as a planner to protect my entire event? And, you know, it's either now it's cancel, go virtual um, on there, almost back to 2020. I, I never thought about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. So it's it's easy to get into the weeds and obviously we don't want to get into politics or anything like that. But at the same time, we have to we have to deal with this stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that there are different rules for different states and the fact that there's, you know, uh, just it, it's 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 different wherever you are planning in the in the country and that we now have to take these things into account. Um, and so, you know, kind of sliding into maybe next thing in, in event tech is I think we're going to continue to see a growth market in tracking apps in mm. being able to so how do we at least collect vaccination information how do we collect testing information um, uh, so uh, you know one of my kind of picks for for 22 kind of actually deals with that tangentially is 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 actually the the resurgence of event bots i think is going to come i had mm. a nice conversation with our friend chuck over at uh, uh 42 chat uh, who does the event bots um there and they've been going like gangbusters but wow. they added the functionality for hey you know once they get that text going right so because theirs runs through sms runs through texting 
of, okay, great, here's the link to upload your VAX information. Here's the link to upload your testing information. So rather than having to, uh, you know, load uh, a whole other app like Clear or something like that, it's now built into the EventBot mm-hmm. system. And so, so that's kind of my my dual prediction that I'll throw out next is is the the continued rise of being able to track things like vaccinations and testing, as well as uh, the continued rise of event bots for both in person and hybrid and online events. Um, you know, just because we're not going to be there in person doesn't mean having that little chat box uh, isn't going to be just as helpful. Totally. I definitely think chatbots have gotten way more helpful. Like I, I remember there was some Amazon thing or I remember, I just remember I had an interaction with a chatbot and I was like, wow, I normally would have done this with a person and it did everything I needed to, which that was the first time that had happened versus like get me to a human. But I'll add in that I was going to actually, your transition to the testing thing was perfect. Cause I was thinking the same thing too. It's like, <laughs> we haven't seen a perfect um, system to be able to collect the, the, the testing results and everything like that. Like you have some people deciding to go clear, some people deciding to do it on their own, some people doing it manually. And you know, like uh, there's no standard for it a hundred percent. And you know, over the last, like, since so much kind of chaos is broken up and you know, January so far, I've definitely uh, been going to get tested more regularly. Also, because I went to an in-person event on New Year's. I know I'm controversial. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get tested every single day and make sure I'm all good to go. Um, so um, what was interesting to me, I think, is, um, you know, how can those those the rapid testing get involved in that? You know, like how could, uh, you know, we be able to, uh, yeah, verify. And I think that's the one thing we've been kind of missing so far is like, uh, and I don't know if I'll get in trouble for, for talking about this, but I have a friend who's in a very uh, a major venue, and they've talked about how, like, they've required uh, vaccinations. And they're like, look, to be honest, we don't have the scale to be able to really do this right. We're really on the honor system. But it sounds like maybe the honor system is not going to work anymore. So how can it, technology fill that gap would be huge. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I tested it out. They, they sent me the link and like here, and it's super easy. It's like, click here, you know, instant up, you know, access the camera, you know, send us the information all secure, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it worked really well. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate, you know, that we have to keep doing that. But at the same time, it's good to see that, you know, companies are rising to the occasion and, and making it easy for folks to track that stuff. And um, it's a, uh, it's what's interesting is that companies like clear are starting to put caps like bottoms actually not caps bottoms on the the size of events that they'll that they'll handle oh wow um, cuz it's not worth their while so That's i want to say i want to say they announced it something like at least 500 people maybe even 1000 and correct wow. somebody uh, uh, eventtechpodcast@helloendless.com if i'm wrong about this uh, please do feel free to slap me down um, but uh, it's either 500 or 1000 people that clear has a bottom on how many people they'll uh, they'll uh, let you upload and and keep track of the information have you ever gone through their list of events, by the way? Like, because it's like, there's no like, oh, just enter a code or yeah, I think you can enter a code too, but like, you can also just scroll through all the events on there. I remember looking through and being like, I wonder what other events are using clear. And <laughs> it's actually shocking. I think they might be shooting themselves in the foot doing that. I think they need to find a way to make it so you don't have to scroll through a list. I remember, I think um, PCMA that we went to, we had, we used clear and I think that FICP, ha- yep, FICP, a, that's uh, right. And I remember they didn't give us a code. I remember I had to scroll and find it and it was really cumbersome. Um, and I think that the, there's an opportunity that, that they have to not do 500 minimum people, but to make it so their app becomes the gold thing. Like 
this is the thing, and this is less tech podcast and more like revenue management stuff, but they're missing such a huge opportunity because if you get someone to do that, well, now they're like, what is clear? I know so many people that don't know what clear is and that you can get like a free trial at the airport or whatever it is. But if you go and do that and then say, oh, by the way, because you got this in, you know, we'll give you a three real trial from your first date you have a flight. Man, their lead gen must be yeah. nuts, you know, it like, ah. Be- oh does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity that they're just kind of like bolted it on and called it good. And yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, well, to, if anyone from Clear is listening to this podcast, uh, yeah, I want my, I want my cut us, from we'll – yeah. yeah, we'll fix it for you so we'll you can use it as a, a, a big lead gen as well. Yeah. But it's another, it's another example of when a company that doesn't have anything to do with events starts to get to do with events, you know, that they don't really know the – the ins and outs of it. And it's, it's just a, it's unfortunate. Um, all right. What's, what's, what's next? Okay. So, um, man, there's, there's just so many options when it comes to the technology side of things. What I think is really a a big trend, I think for me, when it comes to technology is data privacy is now, I think really at the forefront, we've been talking about it for what, like four or three, four years now at this point in the need for, you know, people to be caring about data and things like that. But now I think with what's going on with Facebook, for example, People for the first time on a like very large scale are like, I don't want a company to ruin my data. I don't want someone tracking everything about me. This idea of data man- privacy, data management, and everything like that, I think, is finally coming to the public discourse that we've always wanted as tech nerds and as private centric people to to kind of come in. But I think that's going to be a huge trend for this year is that you might have it where people are a little bit more concerned about what sort of data that they're handing on over. It certainly feels like we've crossed some kind of line where for a long time people were just like, I don't care. Well, it's, it's Facebook, whatever. They don't, what do they know about me? That, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, and then there was a small but vocal community of the uh, kind of conspiracy theorists of like, you know, your Amazon is listening to you 24-7 and oh my God. I said, if you say lemons 14 times, all of a sudden you'll see an ad for lemons. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and which, by, which none of which has ever been proven. And if it was actually listening to you, you know, 24-7, that would be something that would be easy to prove uh, whether or not that was happening. So... You know, so just just to be clear, that's your your Amazons and your and your Googles are not listening to you twenty four seven. They're just really good at predicting things. Very, uh, very, very good. They're very, very very good good at. Oh, you visited your friend the other day, and we can tell that because of your GPS. Anyway, that's a whole nother whole nother ball of wax. And and for my people have woken up to your point exactly. They've woken up. Definitely woken up. And for my thing too, it's it's less about like the the consumer standpoint i have a direct example of how this can be used when it comes to uh you know events and how data security is now going to create a new trend within the events industry so when it comes to this data security stuff people are now woke and they understand that you know i care about my data well now what's happened is i think that people don't want to be a part of big social media networks anymore. Granted, this isn't going to happen overnight. And all of a sudden, everyone's going to ditch Twitter and things. But definitely, everyone's boycotting Facebook now at this point, right? And one of the biggest components of Facebook that I love, and I know that you love as well, is the group's standpoint. So people are going to want the ability to bring come together around sometimes niche topics and have these conversations. Well, there's a great opportunity for communities to come in. 
and I'm definitely going to let Kyle talk about this because he's a pro when it comes to communities. But there's one thing I think that when it comes to the business standpoint for why people need to think about why communities, the next standpoint is that so many of these event technology companies right now that are providing platforms and things like that, right? They've grown so much. Well, now they're on the eyes of these gigantic VC, venture capital, banks, things like that. And those companies want recurring guaranteed revenue that's going to come in. Well, if you're entire client base is based on people coming in and saying, I have an event in six months and then they might disappear and never come back. You know, you're not like the Netflix or the Disney plus that's constantly bringing money in. So what these platforms are starting to do is that they're realizing they need to make annual subscriptions and annual amounts of money. So what you do, they do is they say, Oh, you know what? You know what we'll do? We'll change our platform to be a community platform. You pay for it for the whole year and you get it for as many events as you want. Well, this is great, but again, it's going to increase costs for planners. But you pair that with the fact that people are less trustful of Facebooks and social media and they want niche communities paired with the fact that these platforms are also trying to push you into a community because they need to make more money gives you this great opportunity for you to actually create a community. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about this one because I, I ran too much about this, but Kyle, you've been preaching community before I even said any of this. And honestly, I think when it's light bulb went off in my head, I really thought of you because you've been talking about this for so long. Yeah, for for to me, just bringing your events into a community allows for your, all of your attendees or sponsors or vendors to play a bigger storyline in your overall event strategy. Your attendees can see why they're a vendor of your event. They can see why they're a sponsor. They can see why they're an attendee of your event because you're not just having them come to a one-off event. You're having them come back and ask and contribute and ask for feedback and new ideas and ideas for content, your attendees are now playing a role of the story rather than just watching the story, which is what makes it so interesting. Um, but it does make a challenge for how do I start the community for sure. <laughs> so many great tangents that we can take from here, and we probably we might need to do just a whole episode on on community building and things like that. Yeah, but definitely. you know, to try and keep it a little bit short and sweet, I think. Uh, you know, get your get your drinks ready because uh, you know Brant's gonna do one of his drinking game things. <laughs> get the drinking um, game is, ready. Uh, so Alex Lindsay Office Hours, I think, is a perfect example of this. Where you know the tools that they're using are Zoom and Discord. You know, these are not incredibly expensive things, but the community that they're putting together there is you know the 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 creme de la creme of media production and live streaming, all the way down to people who've never done it before. And, you know, and everybody's learning from everybody and everybody's, you know, helping everybody. And it's it's a pretty amazing thing that he's put together um, uh, over there with Office Hours. So it's officehours.global if you haven't heard me uh, babble on and on and on about it before. Um, but, so check it out there. But this idea, though, is is I think, Will, you know, to your point that that people are starting to rebel against the, the, the giant social media networks and are looking for connection and community in these smaller venues. I'm finding myself more on LinkedIn um, because, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the people that I connect with on LinkedIn are in our industry, are people that I work with and people that I, you know, talk shop with. And so for me, that's incredibly valuable, uh, you know, community to be in. You know, the event tech chat that we do uh, every week is, you know, is a place for people to come and hang out. Um, so I think you guys are right that this, this idea of community fits into so many different things that we've been talking about 
for the last two years. Um, so you know, much. communities kind of lurking in the background behind all of it. That you know, this idea of don't do the stand up presentation with the you know with the PowerPoint slides for an hour because that's less engaging, right? So engagement is about community. It's about making people feel feel a part of it, like Kyle just said. Um, you know, this the idea of engaging people three sixty five. You know, uh, you know, we've mm-hmm. been talking for the last two years about it doesn't have to be either or when it comes to online versus in person. You know, it's not that in-person events are going to then re-replace online events once we start doing in-person events again. Nor was it that, you know, other than when we had to, uh, online events were replacing in-person events. But if we can stagger that out and maybe do an online event and then another month later an online event and then a hybrid event and then an online event and then a you know fully in-person experience you know you can use all of these different tools as part of your toolkit to extend and engage 365 totally and i think the online payment processing systems are going to allow for planners and i i just think like so strategically about like revenue right now um is that you have the potential to create a monthly plan that a monthly amount of reoccurring revenue coming in for your event through the form of a community and you know let's talk about maybe uh, six years ago when stripe wasn't easy to use right you had to use a bank to use a payment processing you had to use a credit card information if you want to have a subscription it was so hard to do but now look how many subscriptions are popping up is because now with stripe you can literally set it up to be like charge this person's credit card every 30 days for this exact amount and notify me the list of all the people that don't and you know i'll follow up to get payment from them using automation or whatever it may be but none of that stuff existed but now plan like we always talk about planners being behind in technology we now have the ability to take advantage of that technology that has been blowing up through things like netflix um you know uh uh BarkBox, right? I'm trying to think of any subscription you have right now. We are all comfortable with that idea of doing it. Um, and, you know, you can really take advantage of what's called like the gym membership model of, you know, potentially getting someone to sign up. And yeah, yes, it's not the best to just charge someone and not give them any value for it. But it's also advantageous for your business because then you get consistent cash flow that you can count on rather than a ton of money once a year, you know, or so. But yeah, Kyle, other thoughts you have around the technologies around community? What sort of stuff, predictions do you have? Well, well, Brent really mentioned how the format is going to change. You know, we're so used to being talked to and for maybe, you know, an hour or so or an hour and a half of content. Well, one of the predictions I see, whether you're choosing a community format or virtual only or in-person only, is that shorter discussion-like sessions are going to take over. For the clients that don't have all of the money uh, to make their creative look like Apple's keynotes presentation, just being able to bring in key speakers and really showcase the attendees' questions that they have in a format that we've been so used to with virtual now, that's really what's going to help make high-quality content for not much of a change other than making your sessions a slightly bit shorter. Ooh. So question, do you think that it's going to be something like like a TED conference where it's lots of little things in, you, in a big, long format and like almost like with chapters long way? Or do you think it's something where people are going to be able to hop in and out of these shorter sessions too? So like is the streaming technology going to kind of need a shift too? Is like – you know, for example, before you used to just be like, all right, we're going to use one streaming machine to stream for four hours of this entire event. Whereas now you might need more machines so people have more ability to move in and out on there too. There's so much more ticking on 
at your event than just those cameras that you have set up in that one general session room. So what I really envision, it's a trend that we I was hoping for more to see in 2021, but I think it just takes you know time and it takes the right event to do it. But it's those broadcast style like MCs that are really leading your event that are taking you from the points that were amazing from day one as they're talking about it and in day two, they're moving footage over from what's on the trade show floor plan live and interviewing some of the sponsors or attendees or what it's like on the show. And then even bringing that back to the attendees that are calling in, telling them what their feedback was like with their either virtual only networking session or a blended virtual and hybrid networking uh, opportunity. Um, so you really do need to connect all of those cameras, all of those feeds together through a control room, whether that's on site or on an offsite location. But that's what's going to make your hybrid events successful if you can't bring everyone to one space. Having those different places talk to one another is key for expanding your strategy moving forward. I just want to throw one yeah. real quick caveat out on the whole subscription thing. It's just, just don't just oh, don't just do it. it. Don't just do it just for the dang sake it. of doing it. Like that's the only yes. thing is yeah, is yeah. you really need to deliver the good. value. Like it's so easy now to subscribe and unsubscribe. You know, I'm I'm you know dropping Paramount. I'm picking up Hulu. I'm picking up you know I'm, you know all the time when it comes to subscriptions. And when I feel the slightest bit like I haven't gotten the value out of it, I've got no problem turning that off. And, you know, we, I just had a software program. I won't go into the details, but it renewed, you know, without sending me a notice in advance. It was like an auto renew and the price went up 200%. And mm. I was just like, and you're done. See ya. Like, I'm not even going to play that game. I'm like, I'm, you're giving me a refund and I'm See out. So um, just be careful of the subscription model. Like totally you have to deliver then on, on that community and make it worthwhile. One of the suggestions I have to make it easier for where even the attendees don't feel they're subscribing to something and an entryway to get your attendees to join your community is bundling this new uh, 365 community or marketplace with which I, whatever ticket is being purchased the most at your largest event of the year. Add, add some value to that one ticket price, but then when they're already, per if this is the most purchased ticket and they're just now getting a value where they can now continue the conversation year round and it's all included, they're getting all this value, but just paying it up front. That's a great idea. Yep. I mean, it, it. Uh, yeah, it's it almost getting to, again, talked about the prepay. Now you're getting them to prepay for a whole year of the, the engagement, mm -hmm. too, rather than a monthly amount, too. Yeah, that's well, a really good point. I love the psychology behind this stuff. And, like, that's a perfect example of, like, where it's a, it's a like, you know, all of a sudden it's a value add where, like, now now we're just going to give this. Like, you you, you yes. increase the price by 90 bucks, and we're going to, but we're going to give you this for free. Yes. That's a different mindset. And, and it's uh, it's definitely rather than oh i'm going to pay this and i'm going to pay extra and i'm going to pay this and it's going to be an annual fee i love that idea mm -hmm. of bundling it in with your your signature event i think we're going to have to do an episode all about communities cuz yep. <laughs> the first yep. one for, because all right let, let, let's let's keep going down yeah, the sure. down the predictions um yeah uh, Kyle Brandt, i got a i got a crazy prediction and uh, uh that that uh i think that everyone will uh, hate that i bring up would you guys like me to drop the, a crazy bomb on you guys no. yes <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> Boo, Brant. Okay. Okay. So we've been talking about for Brant, how long have we been recording podcasts? Five, six years, least, something, yeah. a lifetime basically at this point. We've talk, always joke at the end of every prediction episode how this is not going to be the year for VR. 
I think not. I don't think necessarily this is going to be the year for VR for events, but this is the year that you need to try VR. You have to be involved in it, see it. What you don't have to play an event in it, but I'm betting there's going to be some really major developments that are going to happen. First, the Oculus Quest Two during Christmas, one of the highest selling items. It like sold way more than it's ever sold before. It blew across. It was the number one downloaded app on the App Store for Apple, right? You got that stuff going on, right? You have Facebook talking about the metaverse, blah, blah, blah. Dear God, we're not going to – please, do we not have to talk about the metaverse quite yet at this point? Hopefully. Feel free to disagree with me, guys. But the thing I think that's important is you have to be looking at because I think some things are going to happen this year. I think Apple is going to potentially announce their headset, which I think will be when finally consumers really bring it on and get a try of what it's like. And uh, you don't have to have Facebook login for it. <laughs> And then the other thing is too is I think PlayStation just announced a CES their PlayStation VR two so again more VR is going to get utilized even more for all those PlayStation five users. I think this is going to be the year that you have to like know about it, play around with it. You got to experience it. You cannot be afraid of it anymore because maybe and this is where I may stab myself in the foot. Twenty twenty three. I think that's the year that we're going to start seeing major VR events. And that's when we're going to start saying VR, metaverse, that's the stuff to check out. That feels like a realistic timeline. Yeah, I think I'm in. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think, yeah, on my list of the overhyped for 22 is definitely metaverse. Uh, it's, yeah, it's something yeah that definitely I don't care about the metaverse. something that doesn't <laughs> exist. But, yeah, I'm hearing the rumbling as, as well that Apple's getting, you know, they've been laying down groundwork for several years now. And in a way that is very different than when Google came, came out with Google Glass. You know, they just like, were like, hey, it's here. Now make stuff for it. Apple's been slowly making the stuff, the, making the ability to make 3D graphics and stuff like that very, very easy to do over the course of the last couple of years. They're, you can feel it's a long, slow grind. So when this thing hits, it will be very usable. And and very like effective at what it does with a whole ecosystem behind it, which Apple of course loves the ecosystem uh, of being able to open 3D objects in in Pages and in Keynotes mm-hmm. and you know in Preview. You can op- right now you can open 3D objects in Preview if it's in the right format. Um, wow. So I'm in. I'm in 100%. I will I will concur with that 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 22 yes. is the time to try it. And that by 23, we could absolutely be seeing very realistic uh, advances in uh, VR events. I, I think a lot of event tech people are like, yes. But, but Kyle, do you, do you disagree? What do you agree? I'm, I don't know if I have, should be celebrating quite yet. My take on the <laughs> metaverse and just events in the future is that it's going to require mega upgrades for your at-home setup. So if you're attending an in-person event, you might have wanted to buy that first-class ticket plane ticket you might have wanted the hotel room with the suite balcony view of the las vegas strip well to attend events of the future you need that high processing power you'll need the oculus quest fast internet maybe even 3d audio Um, but even just having enough space and where you're living now that we're all you know confined to our homes where do i want to attend an event in my home now that all the events are coming to me at home so true I never thought about that. You're, if you want to do meta events, you got to have a mega upgrade. Exactly, too. and I'm just, you know, and because I'm caveat man, man today, caveat man, <laughs> <laughs> caveat man. Um, 
you know, I just want to be clear that it's it's not going to be the kind of thing that you have to go out and spend a gajillion dollars. It'll be you know it'll be incremental up, upgrades mm-hmm. as we go, and and that not every event is either or, right? Right. As we talk about yeah. this stuff, people get real defensive. You know, just like we did when we you know started adding event apps and stuff like that. People are like, you'll take my binder from my cold dead hand. You know, it's like we don't need to be defensive. It's not either or. It's whatever's right for the right person, the right group, the right event. So there will be cool events in VR, but we're not saying every event has to be in VR. So true. So true. All right. What other uh, tech trends are we uh, thinking about? I want to lay some groundwork. Uh, unless Kyle, I, I don't know. I, Go for it, Kyle, Brent. Kyle, were you going to jump in there? I'm sorry. I apologize. No, um, you. We still have lag. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> the, if, if we're putting out hopes for 22, is that that we we eliminate further eliminate lag? Um, I've I'm going to I'm going to throw a change in perspective, right? So part of you know part of growing up is admitting when you're wrong. Um, so I've been I've been putting forth this narrative for a while now on event platforms that we're following kind of the same timeline of event apps only faster, right? So we started going into mergers and acquisitions and then that will mm-hmm. slowly start to slow down and it'll be a nice steady, you know, a couple mergers and acquisitions here and but then being, you know, more and more people entering the space as we've seen with event apps over the course of the last 10 years. Um, I'm changing that a little bit. And I'm actually going to say in 22, we're going to see an acceleration of mergers and acquisitions. Oh, wow. And yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple of reasons why, based on what I've seen. You know, obviously, we just saw the last one between uh, Meeting Play Aventry and Aventry and that Meeting just happened Play. as we were recording this. Uh, so, like, yesterday. Um, and, uh, I, but I've been thinking about this for a few weeks before that. Uh, so, I see a few things. One, it's this exhaustion that comes from the pandemic of, of like, here we are still going in 22. At the same time, a lot of people made a lot of money off of uh, event platforms and things like that. Those folks are going to be looking for an exit. Like, they're ready to be uh-huh. done. And so they're going to take the quick buyout and, and merge and then go sit on, you know, sit on an island somewhere and soak up the sun or move on to the next thing. Um, because we're, we're two years now into the P word of pivoting that a lot of people did. And so that combined with there's way more money now in, in, in the event space, you know, with, with Zoom and, you know, big players uh, putting big money into the event space. So there's a lot more availability of funding to purchase. And so what I think, this is my, my 22 prediction, is that more and more companies are going to try and rival Cvent, where they're the one-stop shop. And they're going to have one of everything. We're going to have a registration. We're going to have uh, you know event management. We're going to have room diagramming. We're going to have an online platform. We're going to have all of those things where you and I have talked about the juggernaut versus all the pieces in the past. Um, you know, in up until this point, really, it's been Steven. It's been like the the one stop shop versus everybody else. And I think we're going to see sure. more and more players in that space where there'll be four or five players that are the one-stop shop and that i think that's going to happen over the course of 22 how's that c-vent shaking your boots kyle what do you think in my opinion the ultimate one-stop shop is the ones that developed the majority themselves so eventually they're a company that started with just acquisitions and they'll continue to acquire so something looking at something like this you know an announcement in early january 
you might not actually see as a consumer the impact and effects of this acquisition and the benefits of it until maybe Q3 later on in the year. So just because it's loud news now, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect for your event in just a few months. That's a huge That's point, but I think it's still going to happen. I think mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're going to get those four or five that are just acquisition companies that uh, that will be doing that. And, and you're 100% right, Kyle, that that's no indication that it's good. We've always mm-hmm. said that in the past as well, that just because someone does everything doesn't mean necessarily it's going to be the best for you. Um, and But that's, it's two different mindsets from a planner standpoint as well. That like There's planners that love piecing and parceling everything together and getting the best in breed of every possible little thing down to the centerpieces. And mm-hmm. then there's planners that's like, who can I just write one check to? And and make it all all go, and that's and it's just different philosophies, and one's not right, and one's not wrong. Yeah, I think like a, a good example of this is a uh, Hopin acquired uh, Streamyard. Um, I don't think that I've seen Streamyard get integrated into Hopin yet, and I think that you know maybe besides a small logo next to their logo on on the main thing, like they probably haven't found a way to integrate them inside of each other too. So to Kyle's point too, there'll be definitely a lag with it. But I do think that's a really good hot take to think like, yeah, people, like, I, I see those trends. People realizing they made a lot of money. So last year, 2021, they look at their financials, they're like, hot thing, we made a lot of good money. And they show it to an investor or whatever it is, or you know another merger, and the people are like, oh, I want that money. But they're like, I know the deal pipeline. I know what's coming down the pipeline and that's not as hot. So um, I could see people wanting to, to get out like um, when it comes to things too. I mean, I think anyone in the world who says that they're not 100%, like a little bit more tired this yeah. year uh, going to this year than they were last year, I think that, that they'd be crazy. Right. Just because it's um, nerdy and it's the event tech podcast, I want to drop like the, the one acquisition that I'm like actually really excited about. Yeah, you um, do and, and, then, and then we can move on because obviously we, get, we run out of so many things. Um, uh, the one that I'm excited about just happened within the last couple of weeks, which is Zoom announced purchasing Liminal. Um, mm-hmm. And Liminal has been, it's just a small little company based out of uh, guys that were working in theater. And um, they created a couple of programs that go just dive deep into the API. I mean, they're just shredding that API and squeezing every oh, yeah, ounce yeah, yeah. of utility out of it. And so the ability is what I use to be able to do all the fancy stuff that I do in my presentations where, you know, I'm running everything from a stream deck and I'm able to switch cameras on my uh, ATEM mini. But, you know, it it pipes into Zoom where you can read all of the names uh, that is being, you know, that, you know, that is used in Zoom. You can translate those, use them, turn them into lower thirds, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And then they also have Zoom ISO which will take all of the individual boxes and send them out to individual feeds as isolated feeds. So you can get the isolated camera and the isolated feeds. So Zoom just bought them mm. uh, and have integrated or have brought them into the engineering team uh, on the events side. And so that tells me they're paying attention to production. They're paying mm-hmm. attention to the, the, not just the business space and not just the, uh, you know, the individual space of being able to chat and have a Zoom conversation, but they're paying attention to professionals who want to use Zoom as the back end for their event. That's true. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. How often do you hear that somebody who kind of hacked 
together solutions to work on. So it gets acquired by the company. Like you don't hear like Facebook being like, well, I guess Facebook users tries to build it themselves. Um, but like, you know, oh, hey, we tried to create a plugin that removes our newsfeed. Well, granted, the newsfeed's where they make their money. But they're not like, oh, hey, we're going to buy that Chrome right. extension. That never almost never happens. So, yeah, that's a good that's a good exciting one, too. Yep. All right. What other predictions do we all have on it? One on the radar that's been fascinating to me is that the Jacksonville Jaguars just announced that with each of the game tickets that are being purchased this year is that every attendee will receive a commemorative ticket as an NFT to the game. And which I think is fascinating because as a virtual event, very rare are planners actually sending out, you know, swag or actual tangible items. So incorporating collectibles such as an NFT make it something where you can collect and show how many years have you been attending this conference. Lollapalooza, they did the same thing in 2021 at Perry Stage. It was sponsored by Solana, and then they actually launched their first NFT collection that year. So I think we're going to see it first in in sports. You know, DraftKings is now supporting NFTs. uh, So we're going to see that first. And then I think we'll start seeing it trickle into the actual corporate meeting space. Hmm. I like that too. I'm. I think it's definitely a year where people need to know a little bit about how crypto works and what cryptography is, and kind of like you know have an understanding of it. I I would say this would be a year too that it's ex- acceptable or not even acceptable. It would be a really good idea for you to offer some sort of digital currency payment system too, right? Um, you could maybe even offer a discount. Potent- I don't know because it's kind of volatile, but I'm thinking about this in a way that like we pay. Almost everybody knows us, 3% on all transactions credit card-wise, right? So when you're talking about like hundreds of dollars coming in through registration, that's money's just getting lost. That's 3% gone. Well, imagine if you could try to recoup some of that. And I think that's really where like cryptocurrencies can offer. If it wasn't for the fact they're so volatile, but like, you know, I, I've been researching a little bit about Solano too and about how it's a lot more efficient than Bitcoin. But I think there's a point where now everybody's aware of what it is. It might be an opportunity for you to to utilize it. Um, I just think the thing that we have to be careful of is, yeah, the volatility. I can imagine that if you're collecting as Bitcoin, I almost would want to turn it into cash as soon as possible because it would suck mm-hmm. if you took all your tickets as Bitcoin and then tomorrow the you know the drops thirty percent value and you lost thirty percent of your profitability. Well, and there's gas fees and stuff like that, so that's been a part yeah, of the problem yeah. is that you know people who are convincing that's jargon jail. I mean, so basically there's it's not it's not it's not like there's no fees when you deal yeah, yeah, with, bit, with with uh, cryptocurrencies and things like that. It's just and, and those can be variable. So for for me it's a little bit the devil that you know, right? So at least the credit card companies you know it's going to be 3%. But the uh, sometimes with the gas <laughs> true, fees true. you wind up losing money on the transaction um uh, when it comes to that stuff. So uh it's it's a little dangerous. I would probably still put that on my list of top 10 things that planners don't have to deal with. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to it. And one of the things that I'm becoming more and more aware of is that there's a difference between not having to worry about it and not paying attention to it. Like you need to pay attention to these things. And it's a very fine line between um, not paying attention to something and then being behind the, like being behind, you know, you've fallen behind and now it's too late. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that you need to keep your eye on this stuff, but you don't. You also don't need to rush right out into it. Definitely. So cryptocurrency, NFTs, and things like that. Yeah, keep your mind, keep your eye on it. And if you've got the right group, bring it. Um, but at the same time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I definitely think it's cool. And I, I, I you know, Kyle, you're always way ahead of this stuff. <laughs> Even I am these days too. But I think it's definitely one of these things where, you know, if you definitely have a tech forward audience, I think NFTs need to enter your conversation for sure, for sure because they're 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 looking at it. tech forward people are just like yeah you know what let me get some Solano coin and you know buy an NFT and oh it's kind of cool I'll make it my you know my 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 avatar or whatever it may be they're the ones who are like mm, maybe I will buy some real estate in you know uh you know these virtual metaverse worlds um for sure so that's that's especially you know, yeah when we start talking about like digital avatars and clothing and things like that in the metaverse worlds uh, that's where that stuff's going to really come to play. All right. I think we need to start lightning rounding because we're starting to yes. uh, we're, <laughs> we're getting a little long, we can be here long for in it. the tooth. We're going to be there. So I'm going to start firing <laughs> some stuff off. Uh, tell me what you guys think as we go along. Um, one of the things I had on my list is, don't like is wellness. <laughs> like I think, I think as we come out of this thing, we're going to have a renewed sense. Again, pre-pandemic, we were talking a lot about wellness, both mental and physical wellness. Um, I think as we continue to come out of this thing, I think a lot more folks are thinking more than they did before about health and wellness and mental health and mental wellness. So I'm going to, I'm going to call that as a continued trend, uh, if not a renewed interest. Mm. I agree too. Like I, I kicked off this year and I, Kyle, you're super duper active. So I'm sure you've been continuing everything you've already been doing. Um, but like this year I've been focusing hard on my Peloton. So like, you know, if, if a conference comes along and says like, Hey, there's some sort of way that as a virtual attendee, I can still like participate in some virtual ride with everybody together. That's going to make me really excited. You know, it's going to allow me to continue my, 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 my positive uh, habits that I'm trying to make um, on there too. So I like, I like it. Are we doing like a like dislike? Hot thing? Trend. Kyle, do you like it? I, or I don't dislike know. It? <laughs> Hot or cold? Hot, 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 hot one. Hot. Hot or cold. Okay, I like it. Hot or, hot cold. or cold. I like it. Okay, so that's a hot, hot one. Let's do it. Um, All right, here's another one, Brand. Uh, space tourism. Cold. I'm going hot. No way. There's no way. So here's the deal. Here's the stat that got me. Let me, let me make sure I got it right. Uh, next year, there will be more paying tourists traveling off planet than government employees. Hmm. Yeah, but that's like there's five government employees that go to space. Okay, okay I say cold. <laughs> Kyle, please. Like, cold, let's know. save the planet. All right. I'm not, yeah, hey, I'm not oh, judging. Yeah. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. All right. What is the, what is the quote? Uh, uh, I don't remember what movie it's from, but it's like, oh, you know, the world wasn't meant. The humans weren't meant to live here on Earth. They were meant to leave it. <laughs> Kyle's like, let's save the planet. Yeah. No, I understand. I get it. I, like I said, that was not a judgment. Right. That was just a prediction. Um, if you run a very high end event and Jeff Bezos is one of your attendees, yes, or well, you know, a Jeff Bezos like person, yes, you need to maybe find a way to get them to space as like the new like parasailing thing that's going to be fun. I, yeah, I think it's just the new the new expensive place to go. That's that's okay. what I got. Um, right. Right. And if you guys have any, feel free to jump them in. I just have a list of random things here. So uh, so. Another thing we could probably spend an entire episode talking on, but just hot or not, work from home. Oh, definitely. Uh, like, I mean, like sizzling, sizzling still, yeah. still go. Like, the fact that anyone thinks they're going back to an office yeah. right now, I think is. The world yeah. has changed. By, by bar none, the world has changed. One of the things I'm loving is that we're starting. It's, it's changed every industry, including ours, including AV, where there, people are experimenting with. What can you do with cutting shows remotely? What can you do with running programs up in AWS? Um, work from home has changed every possible aspect of every possible industry, including ours. True. Uh, I agree. The, most of the rest of my list is actually just general 
uh, general tech trends, so we could probably skip those. But the one that I want to throw in is my dark horse. This is my. This was on somebody's list, and I was like, oh, yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm going to throw this out as my dark list, and and I kind of hinted at it uh, earlier in the show. Natural language processing. Ooh, yeah. So that's yeah. that's my my dark horse, and so we talked about chatbots briefly, and so I think there's going to be a a surge in the ability to just process normal human speech. And we're, we're, we're seeing such cool stuff already, like where I can go to my calendar and say, you know, set an appointment for 6 p.m. with Will to talk about this. And I can type it. I can say it. You know, it just is that, just is that casually, and it works. Um, mm-hmm. Or I cut and paste stuff from emails all the time into my calendar, and it parses it and figures out what it needs to go from there. Um, and then with the chatbots, when it works, it's amazing. Like you said, your experience, well, of you know that when it works, when it's when it's bad, it's like a it's like the next generation phone tree of like, <laughs> did you mean you wanted to talk about this? I saw one that was so bad, the chatbot actually referred to a technical support article that told you what to ask the chatbot to get it to put you into con- <laughs> into into a support to be able to contact support oh directly. So it like spat you out. To a, to a tech support article in the knowledge base that told you exactly that. how you had to phrase it to the chatbot to get what you were trying to get. Wow. That's terrible. That's definitely terrible. I, I, I think uh, national processing for sure. I think one of the most impressive things, Kyle knows this, we use a tool called Gong here at Endless, and I probably mentioned it a couple times, but one of the most impressive features it's got now is like you get off a call and it goes, oh, and by the way, don't forget to email the person about that thing that you said you email them about. And that's a big thing, I think, for the future of business meetings is that especially, you know, a general session doesn't happen as much, but, you know, when you talk about smaller meetings, how many times people say, I will do this and then it never gets followed up. I bet you there's some stat like lost to do's. We're gonna make up like a video like that. Like it's gonna be like the uncharted Wait, video, but like lost the lost to do the lost to do's. You know, but I, I mean, me and I say things all the time. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, and then I, you know, I didn't write it down, and boom, it's gone. But you know, that's a great opportunity as well. So, Kyle, what do you think? Hot, hot on, hot or oh, not that's on hot. Yeah. natural language yeah. processing? Machine learning is just getting stronger. It's scary though. I love it. I love it. It is. It, it is. is. It's scary. It works, good. It's so freaking cool, of just like That's being true. able That's to, true. you know, it's and 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 you find yourself so easily slipping into it, of like you know, I just now I talk to my watch and tell it to turn off the lights upstairs because the kids have forgotten to turn it off, and it's like, you know, a thousand times, uh, you know, over. So that was uh, in the non-event tech stuff, like smart home stuff. I think is going to blow up next year. So oh, that's, yeah. that's my oh idea. for sure. There's so much more. But, so so as far as event world though, dark horse is natural language processing and being able to just say, so what what are we supposed to wear to the thing <laughs> on Thursday? And it comes back and says the event on Thursday is going to be cowboy casual, black t- black ties. Ca- oh. Okay, cowboy cowboy casual. casual. Got it. Okay, <laughs> I know what Brand's thinking about. Yeah. Um, I think I'll just have one last th- thing to add in uh, uh, on it. You know, I think this is just going to be another year of trying. Like, let's not try to do too much new, too. Again, right? We have a- so much uncertainty going on. You know, and I think I said that at the end of 2020. I was like, look, guys, like we're going to take virtual and implement it into hybrid. We now still haven't gotten the full opportunity to do that. So let's not try to reinvent the wheel too much. Let's not try to bring in too much craziness. And you know, let's just continue to do what we're doing and do it well. It's well so kyle what about you any last uh trend thoughts no amen to that yeah there's there's so much opportunity and i think it's there there hasn't been enough time for 
the companies that are planning to events to really educate the rest of their company of what is possible, how to change their format. Uh, don't go, don't look back at the 2019 playbook. Uh, this is 2022. Uh, we have a lot to a lot to a lot to chew, but it's a delicious meal. And another amen, brother Come Kyle. On fire, yeah, uh, fire. Um, the yeah, you know, oh, and geez. the original Brant drinking game was was. Um, I would I would always rather see old technology used well than new technology mm-hmm. used just because it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, I quoted you that. Yeah, I mean, that goes week. back. I've been saying that for 15 years because you know, I, and I, I tell the story often. One of the best presentations I ever saw was a guy who asked for an overhead projector. And this was relative, you know, within the last 10 years. So, I mean, it's like not, not, that, not that far ago. And we're like, we can't get you one of those. And, and boy, are you stupid for even asking for that. Uh, and uh, we wound up getting them uh, a, uh, a document camera. And, and he, did, he got, like, clear plastic slides. And it was a riveting presentation. I mean, he did, like, the, the financials of the company it. and wow. all this kind of stuff, all on, like, uh, transparency and a marker and a document camera. And it was way better than a PowerPoint. So I will, I will never judge someone just because they're using old technology. Now, if they mm-hmm. use old technology and it sucks, that's a different thing. But, <laughs> you know, use old technology well uh, rather than new technology just because it's new. Breach, breach. Well, I guess I'll kind of wrap us up on this one. Um, so, yeah, we want to hear from you. What's your predictions? Audience that's listening to us, shoot us an email, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, definitely excited for the future, excited for the year. Um, and, yeah, I want to give a thank you to Kyle and Brant. Thank you so much for coming Ooh. and sharing your knowledge bombs, as always. You bet. Let's make these trends happen. and what did we forget what tell us what we forgot you know send us an email Mm -hmm. hit us up on the twitters and uh, smash that like button and subscribe (laughs) you know what to do and you know (laughs) hey look look for us in your next community as well so all right i think that's going to do it for today get you guys out of here and we'll sure we'll talk more about communities and all these trends throughout the year so stay tuned to the event tech podcast but for now event tech out 2022. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.